This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey man, what's up? You dodging the clock right now? Does your boss know you're listening to this? I'm <laughs> just messing with you, man. Listen, since I know you got some spare time right now, maybe you got nothing else to do, maybe you're trying to dodge the clock for real at work, listen, all I'm asking you to do is just open up the No Halftime app, download it, and when you do that, when you create your username and everything, use the promo code CLOCK, C-L-O-C-K, I'm going to get you $10 instantly to use on there. Ba- you know, basketball season right now is in the second round of the playoffs, baseball season is, is, is getting into the real swing of things right now. There's tons of challenges. You don't want to miss out on there. Every single day, they're loaded with challenges, free challenges, money challenges. Um, you know, just get on there, you know, download the app, use the promo code. Also, if you could please check the um, review, st- you know, check the review out in the app store and leave them a review. Um, and when you do that, send them an email and they'll actually send you a free t-shirt for doing that as well. Um, no Halftime, you know, is a daily fantasy sports app where you do player versus player challenges. Um, sports are unlimited. It's not just baseball and, and basketball, like I mentioned, football season when it comes back around. Um, right now there's, uh, you know, hockey, golf, literally, you know, anything you could think of right now is pretty much on there at this point. Um, and you could be on there winning tons of money right now, showing your friends that, you know, you're the better fantasy player. So it's just player versus player challenges. You don't have to go through the whole team versus team thing. You know, get on there. Let's make it happen. Win some money. Have some fun. Get your friends, your family all involved. Um, again, anybody could use the promo code clock and, and in the process of you getting $10, you know, just for using the promo code clock, you're also supporting the podcast. So it does a lot for us here, um, to bring you a better product. So we really appreciate you guys doing that. Now let's go. are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. Clock Dodgers Podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. This is the post-NFL draft episode. Uh, my guest was actually in you know, Chicago during the draft week, uh, but he's actually always there because he lives in Illinois. Uh, he actually writes for FantasyPros.com, has an article up on uh, ClockDodgers.com actually about you know daily fantasy sports. I'd like to welcome to the show Rob Schwartz Jr. Uh, how you doing today, man? I know you've been busy. You're prepping to sell a house and everything, so I know you're tired, but besides that, how have you been? I'm doing good. Yeah, like you said, just exhausted. Uh, hopefully this week is going to be the last week and uh, it'll be up on the market. So well, That's good, man. That's going to be fun. I mean, I don't know what's worse. I've never sold a house yet, so I don't know if it's worse than buying a house. I don't know which process is worse, but um, uh, you've been on both sides, right? So which one? Has, which one's been the, the worst side? 
Yeah, so right now I'd have to say selling just because there's so much more work involved. Um, buying is just a financial situation, which right, you still right, have right. to do when you sell. So um, it, it hopefully it'll work out in the best and you know we'll be making bank and uh, getting a better house. There you go, man. That's all it's about. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, good, man. I'm glad that, you know, it's, it's, it's nearing the end there for that. So, um, yeah, I've been, follow- I've been following with- you along in that journey. So yeah, you make um, me tired I- sometimes when I, when I hear about <laughs> stuff that you're doing, all the repairs and, you know, the new remodeling and all this, I'm like, Oh man, this is, this it's, is a lot of work. It, it's been a project and it's, <laughs> it, it kept me away from going to the draft this year. I mean, I wanted oh, to go man. again, but, uh, couldn't get my honeydew list done, so I had to stay home. It's understandable. It happens to the best of us, man. It happens to the best of us. So, speaking of the draft, which was in Chicago, like we said, um, you know, lots of different things happened. A lot of surprises. Um, a lot of guys dropped. Some guys went way sooner than we thought. Um, probably the most interesting, at least right off the bat, the most um, unexpected situation would have been um, the offensive tackle from Ole Miss, Tunzel. Um, and of course, um, you know, leading up to the draft, we heard a lot of different things um, before the trades had happened. I heard rumors of him going as the first pick to the Titans. Then the trades happened. He obviously dropped because of that, because those teams were trading up for what was likely to be quarterbacks. Um, so he, he was always going to go high in the draft. And then instead, thanks to a two year old picture of him being high himself, he actually, you know, drops a little further, which, again, wasn't dramatically you know, it wasn't a dramatic drop like we've seen in the past with guys, but it was enough of a drop to, you know, cause conversation. Um, and, and again, this was because of a picture that got leaked. It, it seemed like like minutes before the draft uh, of him wearing a gas mask, taking a bong hit. Um, so it's understandable that he dropped a little bit because of that and kind of fell right into the Dolphins lap. Um, straight out the gate, how, how did you feel about that whole situation? Was it were you surprised that he dropped? We, did you think he would go further down the list? You know, I, I know it's kind of a new thing we're dealing with with the social media age and everything, and uh, no one expected to, you know someone to do something like this last minute. But h- how did you feel about the whole drop in itself? Did you feel it he, he was going to fall further? Did you not expect anything to really come from it because it happened so quick, or what? Yeah, I, I think it was a little bit of an overreaction. Um, this whole weed situation with the NFL is kind of ridiculous. Um, but I, I didn't expect him i didn't expect him to go to the ravens i kind of thought that they were going to take ronnie stanley over him anyway Uh um where i was surprised though is that the titans moved back up into the eighth pick and i thought for sure that they were going to take tunsil at that spot um but when they passed on him and then took uh conklin i mean that's then I thought, oh, geez, he could slip quite a bit. Um, but like you said, you know, Miami took him. I think it was the 13th pick. Right. Um, and, and obviously the Titans had so much time to vet this guy. I mean, they had the first pick for the longest time. Like you said, you know, it was projected he was going to be the number one pick forever until these trades happened. Uh, so with, and then with, I'll, with that being said, do you think that pitcher literally scared them away from him? Or do you think they weren't going to pick him in the first place? Well, there's been some conflicting reports that I've seen um, uh, from multiple teams that said they took him off the draft board after that picture, which I think was released 10 minutes before the draft. It was crazy. Yeah. uh, I've actually heard rumors that it was like one of his old financial advisors that might have been doing it, um, that 
he had let go. Well, um, and if you to, remember when he was being interviewed by Deion Sanders, he said something like your stepfather. I was like, what are you, what is going on here? I'm like, they said, he said, they said, there's rumor that your stepfather released. It. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, well, cause there's a lawsuit that was also brought against him literally like the week of the draft. Actually, I think it was brought up the day before, um, by his stepdad for allegedly assaulting him. I think it was back in the summer of last year. So that's another thing that he was dealing with. So like the, the more I looked into it, um, it didn't surprise me as much because he has a little bit of a history. I guess he was suspended uh, the first seven games of last year for having multiple rental cars that he got for free. Uh, he was given a $3,000 promissory note that uh, he was used to buy a car, uh, an airline ticket that was paid by a, t- uh, a teammate's friend. And I guess the list went on. So uh, Ole Miss is going to be hurting, I think, a little bit more than Tunsil is. Right. Um, but it, it, there's got there's obviously a little bit of a history, um, and, and it scared people away. I mean, I, I don't blame them for not taking him. Uh, at the same time, I mean, if it was literally just the fact that he was doing uh, a bong hit with a gas mask, which, by the way, props to him for coming up with <laughs> this <laughs> way of going about doing it, um, kind of reminded me of something that Taco would do from the league. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's the first one to do it. I think I've seen it around, but it was definitely, um, I, I don't know, that that obviously... I think made it worse, you know, the, the pitcher, the pit, you know, we, we know from past history, pitchers and videos um, o- always make a situation worse from just hearing about something. Right. But I think like, you know, with the gas mask and everything, we already know how a lot of people feel about, you know, weed and then, you know, seeing him wear a gas mask while doing it. I think it kind of made more of an impact. You know, people were like, what is this guy on? You know what I mean? I don't think <laughs> they understood that that's kind of, you know, been right. done already, but to people who don't do it or older people or whatnot, they maybe think, you know, what is this guy on some extreme, you know, drug use? But um, my thing is, you know, you mentioned a bunch of his history at Ole Miss, but you didn't say he failed any drug tests. Do you know what I mean? And he also yeah, didn't exactly. fail any at the combine. So, right. you know, so, man, like you said, you know, there's a pretty hard stance right now, obviously, with the league um, against the use of weed. Um, while at the same time, the country itself is in a battle with weed, whether it should be legal, whether it shouldn't be legal, which, you know, is going to create all kinds of interest and debates and bring up all kinds of, you know, issues later on. Um, but if, if he, if he fell just because of that picture, you know, I understand everyone's kind of gun shy, right? Because of, you know, guys like Justin Blackman, Josh Gordon, um, the, the, these are guys that were like first round picks and they're not being used. They're not even being able to play. Um, so I understand, you know, teams being gun shy. Um, but at the same time, like you said, you would think all the prep leading up till this point, um, shouldn't be shooken by something that happens 10 minutes before the draft. Um, so, so I, so I know what you mean when you say, um, it seemed a little overboard, but again, we both understand the risk. That, that, that teams are taking um they're spending lots of money on these guys um but i mean you gotta do you think the dolphins really lucked out in this situation then or do you think they're taking on you know uh someone they gotta hold you know hold his hand through this process now no i think miami is getting a steal and and we can talk about steals a little bit later but i i think tunsil is probably uh, one of the better steals of of this draft i mean obviously we won't know for a few years but uh to get a guy who is projected to be the number one talent at 
13th pick. I mean, I don't know how you could not take that chance. It, again, yeah, like you said, it could not work out and he could miss, you know, a whole year, you know, half four games, eight games, and then the full season, I think is how it works. But mm-hmm. um, it, there is obviously risk, but hey, if, if it hits and it works and this guy turns out to be, you know, their tackle for the foreseeable future, I mean, they obviously needed offensive line help. Uh, Tannehill was running for his life most of the last last season. So right, exactly, and, and like anything in life, it, you always have to you know weigh the risk versus the reward. And you know, it just got to a point where you know the reward was worth the risk to them. You know what I mean? And and you can't blame exactly. them for that. Like you said, the guy is obviously um, talented from everything that we've seen up until this point, and hopefully it translates to the NFL. But um, you know, the risk first uh, versus reward factor is real, man. And that's, and that's in anything in life. And it just happened to be that, um, you know, maybe what was something that the other teams are going to miss off on, you know, the, the, the Dolphins just took advantage of. So, um, and, and like you said, it was a major need for them. So that doesn't help the cause that, you know, they couldn't pass up on that, obviously. Um, right. so, you know, we'll see how it pans out. And, and, you know, speaking about risk versus reward, there was obviously a bunch of other players in this draft who were high on the risk uh, side of things as well not necessarily due to off the field issues but injuries and two of them that come to mind for everybody were, were two linebackers um, Miles Jack was one of them and Jalen Smith uh, from Notre Dame was another one uh, both guys first round talent many would argue top 10 or top five talent um, and they both fall to the second round uh, you know Miles and they're both different situations they're both knee situations but you know, Miles Miles Jack is dealing with an injury where uh, he'll, he'll he'll likely obviously play this year, but it's a degenerative issue. So they're thinking as his career proceeds and, and continues on, he will need surgery, and who knows, you know, how how long he can play for um, outside of that first contract, possibly or whatnot. And then Jalen Smith on the other end is someone who likely won't play this year, may possibly. I mean, I guess it's a reach, but he could play this year, but more than likely won't. And his outlook, though, is a little brighter if there's no nerve damage. He has a normal career going forward, as normal as you would say from an injury like that. But um, so when it comes to these two guys, obviously, Jalen Smith went first to the Cowboys. Um, if you're, you're a Bears fan, if you're a Bears fan and, you're, and your team is drafting and you had to take one of these two, which one do you feel more comfortable with, really? Um, the guy, you know, who you feel maybe has a longer career ahead of him or the guy who, you know, makes more of an impact instantly. But, you know, after that first contract may not be able to make as much of an impact. Which guy would you have leaned towards if you were the guy calling the shots in the Bears uh, war room? That is a great question. <laughs> um, you know, you, you look at it, like you said, you got a guy who could be there 10 plus years um possibly but again it's still a risk because he's coming off a knee injury and, and even make if, any he won't make any immediate impact right and, and even on top of that i mean you see college players who you think are going to be these top guys and they end up busting out jalen smith could be that guy you have no idea until mm-hmm. we actually see him on the field um, i actually thought miles jack was in my opinion, like the second, maybe third most athletic guy in this draft. Um, both of them were in the top five for me. Um, it, to me, it's crazy, by the way, that both of and uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Jalen Ram- you said both of them what now? Uh, Miles Jack and Jalen Ramsey both ended up in Jacksonville, oh, I who I think are 
again, both of those are in my top five for players of this uh, 2016 draft. But uh, going back to who I would take with Chicago, I, I think I would take Miles Jack only because one, I have him, I had him a little bit higher than uh, Jalen's. Uh, oh gosh, I just broke bloke on. <laughs> I just blinked on his name. Um, I had him. Yeah. Okay. I did have it right. Um, <laughs> I just am higher than him anyway, <laughs> but, um, have you been hanging out with, uh, Tunsil man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the lack of sleep since I'm <laughs> about four hours every night. Um, but anyway, so with miles Jack, I had him higher than Jalen Smith slightly. And to me, the NFL is a, uh, do it for me now. You know, you right. see teams that are eight and eight and they go to the playoffs and then they go from the playoffs and you know, they're six and 10. I mean, it's, you look at career averages and they're three, four years in the league. So to me, I don't take the risk with miles Jack. I know it's degenerative. Um, it's kind of scary because if he has to have microfracture surgery, which they're saying now he won't, but again, it could come up again later in the future. Uh, I, can't, I couldn't think of anyone in the NFL um, that came to mind. I know a lot of NBA players that have had to have that surgery and they kind of ended up being about 75% of themselves. Um, like Tracy McGrady and Amari Stoudemire jump off and they come to mind. Um, Cause I don't, you, usually these that... guys lose their explosion, right? I mean, that seems like the injury yeah, kind of takes that knee diff- out. You know, it doesn't, it ne- like you said, it never comes back to normal. Can you think off the top of your head of anyone that came back a hundred percent? No, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> that, I can't that either. That is scary. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Studemeyer, I guess this year has been decent, but it's not not anyone I would, you know, jump off the board for. Exactly. But again, I mean, looking at how he played, how Miles Jack played last year, if he can do that for my team for three years, I mean, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that risk. Yeah, especially especially when a lot of these guys, or you know, in any round, they're they're really it's really just a, a crapshoot, right? I mean, you have no clue what you're gonna get. <laughs> so, if you right. can get three years of that and it's his top of his game, then you'll take it, you know. Um, and, and not to mention, like you said earlier, the Jaguars have Ramsey, they got Jack, and and also don't forget Fowler's coming back from last year, who was their first round pick and never played a snap. Right. So, yep, they're they're kind of. They're kind of the bandwagon team, I feel like, going into this year. Um, I, I live in southern Florida. Um, I can't tell you. I could probably count on, on one hand how many Jaguar hats I've ever seen in my life. But <laughs> I can guarantee you that I will see more than I've ever seen probably in my lifetime this upcoming season. Um, it's just, you know, they're the hot team. And, and, you know, their offense was on fire last year. They've added a bunch of young you know defensive guys. You know, they also brought over um, Jackson from, from the Broncos. So, you know, there's a lot of optimism in Jacksonville, and hopefully Miles Jack could be a part of that. Um, but it's just an interesting conversation to see how these guys, you know they're going to be, you know, measured up against each other basically for the rest of their careers because of, you know, everything that transpired, you know, with their knees and then the same draft, right. second round. So it's going to be interesting to kind of follow them along and see, you know, see how this how, how this pans out. Um, I, know, I know a lot of t- fans of teams that were unhappy that their team has passed on these guys. Um, in the first round, but I still feel like you got to understand. I don't. I don't. I don't think the risk was worth it that early. Um, and you know, the second round, obviously, it makes a little more sense. I just. I understand their talent is first round talent. I just think that the risk. If 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 it's, if it's me, I would prefer my team to pass on it. 
Um, I'd rather just have a healthy guy. But then again, you know, who, who is healthy these days? Every, every player seems to get hurt at some point. They either were hurt in college, you know, they get hurt in the NFL. So it doesn't really matter, I guess, what, you know, where, where you get hurt at, you're going to get hurt at some point. It seems like. Well, there, yeah, look at Lawson. I mean, I, I was very vocal and disappointed with Chicago's selection, um, of Leonard Floyd. I, I, I didn't have a problem with Floyd, uh, at 11, but the fact that they traded up for him, I, I was really surprised, um, again, because to me, I wanted Lawson. Uh, and then after he was drafted, uh, it came out that he's going to need to have sol- uh, shoulder surgery at the end of the season. Yep. So, I mean, hey, kudos to Chicago for not taking an injured guy. It's, I'm, I'm okay with it now. But... Yeah, are you good with Floyd? I mean, do you see his upside? I mean, I, I've everything that I've seen yeah. from him, he looks like he's super athletic, super talented. It's just, you know, a lot of potential. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's he's raw potential. I mean, I know uh, in Georgia they had him, you know, doing more than just rushing the passer. But at the same time, it's like if you're really good at rushing the passer, that's what you're going to be doing the whole time. Exactly. Whether so, it's kind of like a jack of all trades, but not excellent in in, in one certain area. So that kind of makes me nervous. Um, but again, like we've been talking about, risk first reward. The guy's intangibles. I mean, he's big. He's fast. He jumped up the boards at the count after the combine. So I'm I'm okay with it. I'm not I'm not upset about. It. I actually think Chicago ended up having a decent draft. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and you mentioned pass rushers, and I, in this league, there there is a place for guys who literally are just pass rushers. You know, I don't know if it was so much like that in the past, but now. Um, we see, we see guys making a big impact and they're just pass rushers, you know, just situational guys. Um, right. so e- even if that's all a guy becomes, I mean, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know if teams look at it that way in the first round that a guy they can pick is just that, you know, just one dimensional, but you know, we've seen those guys make a huge impact on their teams. Um, even just recently, you know, guys like Von Miller are amazing, possibly the best defensive guy in the league, but, um, we know off the edges, you know, when it, when it, when his job is just to get the quarterback, it's he's nasty at it, and it obviously disrupts the game. So, um, you know, I I I know I can understand people saying, oh, a guy is one dimensional; he can only rush the passer. But it's a pretty big dimension to have. It's just to be able to rush the passer. You know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah. That's, it's it's that's very the important wonder. these days in the NFL that we're kind of moving to. Yeah, it completely agree with you. Um, is we. They even have situational special kickers that they bring in. Yeah. You got one guy who just does kickoffs. I mean, it's not as important anymore, but you know, you see that or even for example, I mean, look at Chicago starting it with Devin Hester. Yep. The guy was a return specialist. They tried making him a receiver and his return game just went to the crap. And uh, now you see other guys that are similar though. I mean, Joshua Cribs was in the league. Yeah. Um, you get a guy who's got, you know, four, three speed and you plug him in and hope that he can outrun everybody. Yeah. And I mean, with Hester, I don't, I don't think it was just speed. I mean, he had special vision, you know what I mean? And you guys yeah. had great special teams around him, you know, to, to set up the right, you know, the right, you know, blocks and everything, but he was special in it. And, you know, again, I know it never translated to wide receiver. You know, I know he made plays here and there, but he never really, you know, panned out. And do you think that's what fizzled out his return career or is just age? Uh, I think it was a combination of both. I think he got inside his own head trying to think too much and not just, you know, he's a natural athlete and he yeah. should have just let his body just physically do what he was doing before. And, you know, having to worry about where he needs to be and, 
you know, what routes he's got to run. That just wasn't his forte. I mean, they should have made a package for him. The fact that Lovey Smith came out and said, we're going to make him our number one wide receiver was mm-hmm. a joke. Yeah. And I think it honestly was one of the reasons that he's no longer coaching Chicago. <laughs> well, we'll see, man. I mean, you know, we'll see. Oh, overall, you know, as a Bears fan, are, were you happy with every, you know, I'm not saying I'd be happy with every single pick, but the overall um, haul, did, do you feel good about it or do you feel a little underwhelmed? Or I mean, overall, I feel like the draft was a little underwhelming as far as the players that were yeah, coming out. But I mean, overall, definitely. did you feel like your team did a good job or? No, I, I'm happy with Chicago's selection. I mean, we talked about Floyd already. Uh, the offensive lineman, the guard that they got in the second round, uh, was projected to be a low round first grade on many draft boards. Uh, they got a defensive tackle that in the third round was projected, uh, again, end of first beginning of second. Um, and then they, they went a bunch of defensive backs. Uh, I think they drafted three of them in the fourth, maybe the, between the fourth and the fifth round. Uh, they picked up another running back that's going to give Langford a little bit of uh, run for his money from what I've been hearing. Uh, so I'm okay with it. And then in the seventh round, we stole your wide receivers. Yeah, man. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want you to bring it up. I was hoping you were just going to skip past it. I, I like the guy, man. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. Like I know, you know, I know highlight, you know, film and YouTube videos and stuff kind of only show the good stuff, but I, you know, right. from, from what I've seen there, from, you know, the little that I've seen on him just from the games and then, you know, in interviews and stuff, you know, the way he carried himself and he seemed like he had like a chip on his shoulder. I just think there's a place for guys like him in the league, you know, that slot, um, that slot spot is, is important, and I feel like he could fit that well, and I was hoping that the Raiders would take him at some point. I was even willing to just, you know, take him early, like fourth round, just to get him. I'm like, man, this guy, I, I just feel for some reason, it's, you know those guys, you just feel like, okay, he has something, and I just I just feel that way about him. I don't know, man. So, you know, I hate that he I, is now a bear and that Cutler is throwing to him, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I've, I've heard that he might take over Eddie Royal's spot, and push Eddie Royal to the back burner. I mean, it kind of, I think that was kind of their plan was to get somebody that was similar to Eddie Royal, who Eddie Royal has been kind of disappointing though in in Chicago. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year he had injuries. He missed some games. um, So it was definitely underwhelming from his, you know, second breakout year that he had in San Diego. So, so we'll see Um, how that goes. I mean, my rate, and when it comes to my Raiders, I mean, you know, That's what I was just going to ask you. Yeah. What did you think of your guys' draft? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we did all right. Um, I love the safety in the first round. I know everyone is saying it was kind of early, but I feel like if he didn't hurt his knee and finish the season, that nobody would be saying that. You know, I feel I feel really good about him. Um, the the obviously the the one that everyone's wondering about is the quarterback <laughs> Connor Cook. Um, not not only drafting him, but trading up to draft him. Um, the only thing I could think of is they were trying to jump the Cowboys for him because the Cowboys, I, I think, were a favorite landing spot for him. But right. I, 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 and I know people are saying, you have Derek Carr, why do you draft a quarterback? But I guess I feel like, you know, everyone needs a backup. There's no reason, you know, that you shouldn't have a good backup. Obviously, it's very important to your team. Um, I don't, by no means, I think he's there to replace Derek Carr, to even compete with Derek Carr because he's just not going to do that, I don't think. I think the Raiders are, you know, rock solid on on starting car and i don't think there's even a thought of another guy but um it never hurts to push competition to have a good backup i mean we seen last year um Derek carr tried to stiff somebody you know stiff arm run out of bounds and hurt his hand so you know things happen guys get hurt so i'm not mad at it you know some people are mad at it like why we draft a quarterback you know we have car there's no point in this but i don't i'm not upset about it i i think from everything i watched of him even on um i don't know if you ever watched the qb uh gruden camp that he does that 
Um, I've ESPN. seen some of those videos. Yeah, I, I remember watching the Winston one. Where yeah, yeah. so he, 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 he it's pretty fun to watch. It's pretty fun to yeah. watch, and, and Cook did pretty yeah. good on that. And so we'll see. I know people question his leadership and, and, and things like that, but um, that was probably one of our biggest, you know, picks that everyone's asking and talking about. But um, overall, it seems like we, we, we pretty much target defense, and, you know, I think that's the right move. I think that's what we needed most. Um, we picked a, we picked a running back named Washington, last name Washington. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that that's the one guy I thought you guys picked that I – I actually really like. Um, yeah, he, I'm not even gonna lie. I don't know a lot about Latavius him. Murray. Did you know a lot? Did you know anything about him before they drafted him, or did you? I I didn't. I mean, I looked into him a little bit. I listened to his report after he was drafted. I I want to say he's like five nine, five ten, but he's he's just from what I understand, he's gonna be a goal line type guy for you guys. Yeah, like a third down back, kind of change the pace because yeah. Murray's you know tall and upright and um, right. So so well, it's I, interesting. I don't understand. I don't understand why they don't like Murray. I had him in fantasy last year, and I <laughs> it drove me insane when they wouldn't give him the ball. Yeah, I, I don't know if they don't like him. I just think that you know he made some mistakes early on as far as dropping the ball, fumbling the ball, and so I, I think maybe a little bit of the trust factor you know went away. But right. I, I think they like him. I just think I seen um you know the GM Reggie McKenzie they he had talked after the draft and he said you know no no team can go a full year or should go a full year with one guy as a running back and um you know make him carry the full load. So that's kind of what they were putting on him. You know, was the full load, and so maybe they just felt they had to ease up on him. I I, I don't know what you know what the idea behind that was, but I think honestly I think Washington is going to help him. You know, I think this running back will help him. Um, because I think he'll get more of a breather. He won't be, you know, ran into the ground every single every single week. And um, I think it'll just open things up for him and make him a little more comfortable. And hopefully he rises to the challenge because, um, you know, from everything I've seen about this guy, Washington, he's a gamer, man. You know, he, he brings it. He doesn't seem to go down the first tackle. Um, he looks like he runs hard, kind of like, a, you know, a Maurice Jones drew body, you know, like you said, kind of small. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But you know how it is with the draft, man. We can speculate and, you know, we won't know for two or three years how this really probably pans out, but I, I, I think it was good. Speaking of that, and, and I know we didn't mention this before we started talking, but I find it hilarious that almost every pick that is announced, whether it's the first round, you got guys who are on ESPN or NFL Network and you know, it's the it's the best pick in the draft, and they just talk these guys up like it's an amazing selection, and they're gonna fit in right away. And I, where's the honesty that comes with these things yep. anymore? It's like a circus show, man. Yep. So not only do you got the guys on TV who who you know are are, are basically making guesses. I understand they're working and and they're studying tape and all this kind of stuff, but it is it is a guess. So you know, it is they act so certain about it, and then you got fans. Who act like they know more than the you know than the guys on TV who do it for a living, and so you're like right. you know it's one of those things where you just gotta kind of wait and see. But people you know again I always mention this we're in a culture that's <clears throat> excuse me instant gratification you know so we give instant responses to things and that's just the way you know we've kind of well, we wouldn't we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for that so <laughs> exactly it's fun to just kind of speculate you know what I mean so so now you know we've kind of recapped some of the big stories in the draft but. Just, I wanted to kind of go into, you know, reaches in the draft, maybe guys that we thought went too early. Um, and, and again, this is just opinion because we can't really, you know, justify it without anything happening yet. But um, just guys that maybe we assumed would go later or, you know, didn't deserve to go where they went maybe or to the team that they went. 
Um, I'll, I'll open it up. We'll just kind of go back and forth, maybe bounce some guys off of each other's, you know, who, who, who we think here off each other's list. Um, sure. My first one, I know it's not a popular opinion, but um, Elliott going to the Cowboys. Now, I like Ezekiel Elliott as a running back. I think he's great. I think he's going to be great for the Cowboys. I just felt maybe the Cowboys didn't need to draft him as much um, because I thought Alfred Morris and McFadden would do fine against, you know, with that offensive line. I think anybody would do fine, but I think they had two talented guys there um, who, bar an injury, should be able to do just fine. Um, So I felt like, you know, excuse me, maybe somebody else could have been more valuable to them there, like Ramsey. But, um, again, I expect Elliott to do great. He's a really flashy guy, so maybe that's why the Cowboys picked him. He's a you know big impact on offense, but I just felt like, and maybe I'm nitpicking, but I just felt like maybe it was a reach, um, not talent wise, but just maybe position wise or need wise. Um, but you know some guys don't do that; they just draft best player available. And I guess if they think he's better than Ramsey, then you know so be it. But I just feel like you know someone like Ramsey could have made a bigger impact than Elliott. Yeah, I definitely think Ramsey ends up being an elite player um and their defense especially their back defensive backfield needs needs help i so i agree with you on that point um i I didn't think it was much of a as much of a reach only because of the way that this draft was if this was last year or even the year before i I don't even think he'd be not based on talent just the fact that i feel like the talent pool this year just seems so much weaker than the last two years. Maybe we've been spoiled. Um, So I'm hoping that it it builds itself back up coming up for the 2017 season, but uh, the 2017 draft. But uh, yeah, I I could see your point. Like you said, I mean, they have, they had two running backs in play. Uh, uh, Derek McFadden, Darren McFadden ended up being like the 13th best fantasy running back. And I know fantasy is not, the end all be all, but it is stats related. Yeah. And he ended up being the 13th best running back um, in standard leagues last year, or maybe it was in PPR. I can't remember which one I read. Uh, but even at that point, he didn't even play all 16 games as their running back. So they have an amazing offensive line. He, he's in a great situation. I'm curious on if they're going to keep all three backs. I, I have a feeling that only two are going to. Um, unfortunately, I think McFadden's going to be the odd guy out. Ouch. Yeah, that, that'll 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 you know suck for him, and obviously it also messed up uh, fantasy for us a little bit. We don't know, shakes things yeah. up a little more, a little more confusion, and kind of muddies the water a little more. Um, uh, and, and just curious before we go back to reaches really quick, where do you think Elliot goes now in fantasy drafts? Do you think people are going to overreact? I, I'm glad you asked that, and I think it is going to be overreaction. It, I was listening to Matthew Barry and his podcast. Uh, the three it was him and uh, Mike Clay and uh, Field Yates and they were ranking him and they all had him going into this year as a top five fantasy back. What first round draft pick and and someone even compared him to uh, the Matt Forte rookie season where he's just going into a great situation. And I hate works wow. here. I am Chicago Bears. But I remember picking Forte in my fantasy draft his rookie year, and I want to say I got him in the sixth or seventh round. And to say that you're going to take Elliott in the first round, I at the tenth pick, I just I don't know. It's too high for me. I'm I'm not as big on running backs in the first round anyway. But and who am I to argue with Matthew Barry? But 
it's just too much hype in my opinion right no i, I mean I, I i agree with you i mean again like 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 you said who are we to argue with matthew he is a fantasy expert at espn he gets paid a lot of money to do it but um at the same time I, i'm not high on running backs in the first round either especially not rookie running backs right i mean you know who, who knows how his body's going to handle the wear and tear of a you know a 16 game nfl season you know with the right. with the best players in the league beating up on him every play um, and, and we don't even know how the, you know, the Cowboys are going to handle the situation, you know, who they're, they're going to split it even if they're going to totally give him, you know, 20 plus carries a game. So, um, you know, putting him in the first round, I, I, I understand it, but it's a gamble. And, I, and this episode has kind of been the theme risk over reward. Right. So, um, yeah. that's kind of what we've been going with on the theme here. So I guess it makes sense when you, when you think that way, but, um, I just, I, no way I touch him in the first round either. And I'm happy when someone does and uh, it gets one more guy to fall down to me, you know? Right. I mean, if I could get someone like, uh, you know, like Julio Jones in the first round and then land Elliot in the second, if, you know, the people I'm drafting with don't hype him up, I'd be okay with that. I mean, yeah. if I had him as my RB1, I'd take that risk. It could win me the season. It could lose me the season, but it, you're not going to win your fantasy year through the draft. I mean, yeah. you gotta, you gotta work all year. Yeah. And, and for sure you're taking his backup. You got to handcuff him because definitely you have no clue what's about to happen, you know, with that situation. So, um, you know, we're, that, that's something that's going to be, you know, fun to discuss as, as fantasy gets closer and to kind of see, you know, as we hear more things out of camp and, and we see how they play in preseason, you know, we'll see how that all goes. But, um, the, the the one major knock I have on Ezekiel Elliott is whatever he wore to the draft because that <laughs> yeah. cutoff shirt, oh man, my. is no bueno no matter <laughs> what you say. So after that, I'm questioning your, your thought process. I'm questioning your decision-making. I'm questioning the people you surround yourself with that let you walk out there with that. So with that being said, I will not be a fan of his fashion. However, you know, hopefully he, he pans out in the league. Um, let, let's go. Let's see what, what's one of your reaches here for the draft. All right. So I, I'm also going to go a little bit outside the box. I mean, maybe people think this way or not, but uh, the two quarterbacks, one and two, I, I think it's a reach. Uh, again, we talked about the fact that there's not as great of a talent in this draft this year but what they gave up to move up for those two guys i i just don't understand it i mean i do understand it especially with la i mean they're moving to a new city they're going to be on hard knocks they're going to be trying to draw in you know a fan base which i think is already developed i don't think it's something that they need to work on very much but uh i think golf will end up and He'll probably end up starting, if not week one, within the first four games. Uh, Nick Foles isn't going to last there that long. No. And, and I, I think, depending on the Sam Bradford situation, I think Wentz has the better situation. I mean, he's obviously got more offensive talent around them. Uh, I just, I don't know. To me, unless you've got someone like a Peyton Manning or an Andrew Luck, someone that's like a, Oh my gosh, I have to have him. It's just not worth it to me to jump up in the first round and take a quarterback. No, I, I, I agree with you on this. And, and for a couple of reasons, um, number one, what they gave up to get those guys um, is automatically already a loss to me. Cause I don't agree with, you know, the, the ransoms they gave up, but these quarterbacks and, and I, and I could be wrong, but, um, I, I, I didn't hear, 
you know, as much craziness about these guys as, as I've heard about other guys in the past coming out, like Jameis Winston. Obviously, the hype on him was ridiculous, right? Right. Um, Mariota, yeah. the hype on the hype on him was ridiculous. Um, I didn't hear all that leading leading into this draft. Um, you know, so I, I don't know, you know, during the year and everything, how well they played. Obviously, good enough to go, you know, one and two. But um, I don't know if they had that special you know, it factor or whatever it is that causes guys like Jameis Winston and, and Mariota to be so worth it. Um, and, you know, I, the, I, I just don't know. I mean. Before the draft, I saw mock drafts where the Rams were getting golf at their original pick. I mean, I, I, I just, obviously there wasn't as much hype. It's kind of a, they wanted this guy, so they moved up and got him to make sure no one else took him. But yeah. And, and how much of a chance is it that, you know, guys who are drafted later, like Paxson Lynch, Connor Cooks, I mean, how, how much off could these guys be, you know, if they if they were to start on, exactly. on their teams? I mean, you think Paxson Lynch is going to be that much different than those guys? He could be better, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, He's got a better situation. Yeah, so I don't know about, you know, especially giving up all that stuff is kind of what hurts it. If they just fell to them, like you said, in their original draft spot, it's, it's not as big of a deal. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I agree with you as it, it being a reach with everything they had to give up. Um, just to get a spot where, like you said, I don't think everyone was crazy about them in the first place. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely um, agree with you on that one too. And you know, not popular. It's not going to be a popular thought, obviously, amongst right. those two teams. You know, they're they're going right. to hate us for that. But it's just, you know, from the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. Um, let me go here. Let's see what we can figure out. I, I, I guess I'm going to go with, and again, this may not be popular, but um, the Browns with wide receiver Coleman in the first round. Um, I, I know he has a lot of good numbers in college, crazy amount of touchdowns. Um, the dude is obviously talented. Again, I'm not questioning the talent. Um, I just feel like, um, I don't know if it was too soon for him or maybe there was other guys who are more, um, ready than he is. Um, you know, traditionally we don't see Baylor wide receivers transition to the NFL in, in the way that they were in college. At least they don't perform that way typically. Um, whether he breaks the mold, I, I guess it's possible, you know, um, I don't want to be the guy that takes that chance on him and, and hopes that he breaks the mold, you know, um, a, a lot of times, you know, we, we, we don't recognize what the system of, of a college athlete does, you know, as far as his translating to the NFL, whether they're running at pro offense, whether, you know, he's able to just run up and down the field all day and catch passes, or if he's in an offense where they're, you know, handing the ball off a lot. Um, so I don't know if Coleman was necessarily the best, um, option for them, but, the only thing I will say is Hugh Jackson is a pretty good talent evaluator. Um, so I, I do have faith in him. Um, he was a head coach for the Raiders for that interim, for that little short period of time, and I, and I liked what he was doing then. Um, so I believe he does have a good eye for talent. I just, you know, uh, Treadwell went after him. Doxon went after him. Um, right. Guys that I liked a little more. So I would rather have seen them go to the Browns as far as, you know, they're more. I feel like they're more seasoned or more ready maybe. Um which, you know, even, even Treadwell, you could tell he looked disappointed almost when he got drafted. Not that he didn't want to be a Viking, but that he felt like maybe he shouldn't have went that far down. Um, so Coleman's just a guy, again, maybe I'm nitpicking. It's just, for me, the first round is where I have to target reaches, I feel like, because it's hard to for me to say a guy's a reach in the fourth round or the fifth round. Um, there's, right. you know, so much fluid, you know, stuff there, and depending on how people um, value guys at that point or, the, you know, what they're looking for, whether they're drafting off need base. But I just feel like, um, to be the first wide receiver off the board, I don't know if I, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, as the first guy off the board for a wide receiver. Yeah, I, I agree with you as far as him going over both Treadwell and Doxon. But at that same point, and I'm surprised, and I didn't see Treadwell's face, but I wish they panned 
maybe they did and I missed it, but I wish they panned to him uh, at that selection because yeah. I would have been jumping up for joy knowing I wasn't going to <laughs> Cleveland. Um, I, I know he just, I mean, they, they're trying to turn things around, but it's just not an organization that I would want to be a part of at this point. Yeah. They're, um, the, they're the butt of everyone's joke right now. So yeah. Yeah. Taking the Browns to the Super Bowl, <laughs> never going to happen, but um <laughs> They, I guess at that point though, too, I mean, he's kind of a, you know, run down, throw it deep type guy. Right. I mean, if I, I don't know much about him, um, well, that's the problem I, though. We're drafting him in the first round. Right. I mean, he's the first receiver here of the right. board and, and you're saying you don't know much about him. Like, yeah, that in we'll itself see, is that scary. Is the, right? That is the problem. <laughs> but as far as you were saying, evaluating talent and if I think about RG three and you know, what he was able to do is just chuck it down the field uh if he's not running uh and busting up his knee but uh it to me i mean i guess it kind of fits their system um and i know they got to try to replace josh gordon who's not going to be there uh and benjamin and oh yeah and benjamin went to san diego that's right which was a speedster Um, so maybe that's what they were trying to do yeah but I agree with you completely. I would have taken one of the other two receivers over him. I, I was very shocked that Treadwell dropped and he was the fourth receiver taken off the board. Yeah, crazy. So who else would you say would have been a reach? Do you have anything else off the top of your head that you could think of that maybe yeah, was the, a little the, higher? The one that really stood out to me um, was Eli Apple uh, going to the Giants at uh, pick number 10. Uh, and... To me, I, I had Jackson the third, and I had Hargraves ranked higher than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe they saw, you know they sat down and talked with this kid, and, and that's one thing that we don't have is we don't have that one-on-one contact. And you know they they might have sat across the table from all of these kids and and realized, hey, you know this is the guy that you know fits our system. This is the guy that really wants to be here, so we're going to take him. I don't have a problem with it. I just thought it was you know. Uh, a little high. I mean, if, and maybe they tried, but if it was me, I would have definitely tried to move back because I think he would have been there, uh, you know, around 15 to the 17, maybe even to the 20 range. Yeah. I, and it's funny if I could, I actually, I try to take a little bit of notes before a podcast episode and the names that you said are pretty much going right on my list. So we're kind of along the same wavelength here. Um, and, and again, it, it, it seems to be the recurrent theme that, we think guys probably didn't deserve to be drafted as the first in their position, you know, or right. or the second in their position. So it kind of seems like the thing. I, I agree again, Eli Apple. Um, like you said, I, Har- Hargraves for sure I felt was better than him. And then obviously, you know, Jackson the third was kind of one of those guys who, um, you know, numbers, potential, all that kind of stuff was through the roof, um, which, you know, in the draft typically favors you. So, um, but Eli I, Apple, I was, you know, I think he's just kind of solid. I don't, I don't know if he's special to be right. the first, you know, your first round draft pick. So, you know, I feel like maybe, his, maybe his ceiling is lower, you know, than the other guys. So maybe that's kind of why I'm, you know, a little bit um, less in favor of the pick because his ceilings. Though I like guys in the first round to have like a crazy high ceiling, um, so that I feel like there's more to come. Like I haven't seen the best of them yet. With Eli Apple, I feel like we're kind of. You know, it kind of like what you see is what you get. I don't think like you're gonna see some dramatic, crazy improvement from here on. I think he's just kind of a solid guy, you know. Right. Yeah. I... So, so we'll see. I mean, is there any? I don't necessarily have any other um, big time reaches left on my on my notes here. Do you have anyone else that you felt they kind of reached? Any teams kind of reached for? 
I mean, nothing that was crazy. Um, yeah. I, I took the Keanu Neal one, the safety uh, out of Florida going to Atlanta at 17. I don't think anyone really saw that yeah. happening. I think that was more of a Dan Quinn trying to create his Legion of Boom in Atlanta. Yep. Um, he is kind of a bigger guy, hard hitter, just like uh, Carl Joseph, the guy you guys drafted. But uh, I, I was seeing him as a second-round projection and and to take him at 17 was a little shocking but could it could have been a reaction to carl joseph being drafted because again you know a lot of people felt he got drafted early too so maybe they thought carl yeah, joseph would thought... fall to them you know maybe they started kind of panicking a little bit when they realized carl joseph went earlier that maybe you know safeties wouldn't fall so could have been that but again like you said i, I didn't see him in the first round either um and, and again you know it's kind of hard to say a guy's reaching because again we don't know what their you know what their vision is um you know their plans what, what exactly they have in store for these guys um but it's just kind of you know just things that we've seen at first glance um w- before we uh move on to winners and losers um is there a- anybody in the draft that kind of just um was an interesting story to you or something that you want to really follow i thought the kid from you know i think it's germany they talked him up a lot um yeah i just heard about that guy they <laughs> Yeah, it, it was it was weird because the NFL Network they had him on the sh- on the um you know at the draft coverage and it was I think it was the fourth round or wherever he was drafted at but you know Mike Mayak's like where do you want to go and he's like I want to go to the Vikings that's who you know inspired me to play football was you know YouTube Adrian Peterson clips or whatever and he's like well yeah. you know I'm sending this message out to you know Mike Zimmer right now you know draft this guy and then like he got drafted and I was like is it was this all like set up or something was this like planned here like <laughs> but it, you know he's an interesting prospect for sure um I don't know if he's just a height weight speed guy or if I actually translate but I felt good for the guy you know I don't you know they, they kind of fluffed it up so I felt good for him but I thought it was an interesting um to get him and Treadwell and then Diggs you know still there from last year um, you know, Bridgewater's going to have some weapons to possibly deal with, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I thought that the story was really interesting. I just heard about it this morning. I missed it during the draft. Oh, um, okay. But, uh, I actually heard it on the Matthew Berry podcast. They were talking about him, but yeah, it's a, it, it, he just learned about football three years ago yeah. so I mean, to, to just start playing that type of position and, you know, it's a skill position. And then to just be able to, I, I mean, I hope it works out for him. I really do. Cause it's one of those feel good stories that you, you know, see in the movies. Yep. He played for the unicorns, man, the unicorns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. it, it was just so funny. Cause they were like, you know, um, what made you want to play football? And he's like, I, I watched an Adrian Peterson video on YouTube. And I was like, wow, that's so, you know, so random. And he was like, yeah, I just, I didn't even know what football was. And I just thought it looked good. And I was like, yeah, it's so crazy, man. But, um, yeah. you know, Rich Eisen pointed out that I guess, um, the NFL, you know, sends, I don't know if it's scouts or what they send, but they send people overseas, I guess, to look for guys like him. And so, you know, they're kind of the ones who put him on the radar for the NFL teams that weren't really paying attention, I guess. So, um, you know, credit to, you know, to the NFL for being able to, you know, use their resources and reach out further than just the United States to find talent, which, you know, from what we're seeing is they're obviously trying to grow their brand, you know, right. internationally. So um, if, if a guy like him can translate, you know, to the NFL, it'd be big, you know, as far as uh, bringing international fans to the sport. We've seen we've seen guys um, from like the UK and stuff make it to the league, but typically they play college here and stuff before, you know, right. that happens. This guy literally is jumping from the unicorns <laughs> to, the, to the Vikings. So <laughs> it's just a funny story, but we're definitely, you know, rooting for it's the a, guy. A big step up in his mascots, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I seen the name and I was like, is this a joke right now? The unicorns? Like. <laughs> Who even pulls that name out of the hat to use? <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Yeah, to each their own. 
Um, so let's jump over to the winners and losers again. You know, I could be biased my Raiders and say they won, but I'm not going to go that easy route. Um, for again, I guess I'll list my winners. Well, I don't know. We're probably, we may have similar winners. So I'll go one, you go one and kind of, you know, make it fair that way. Um, so winners, let's go with the bandwagon Jaguars, the obvious easy pick, um, get it out the way early. Um, they knocked it out of the park, you know, great draft. Hopefully it all translates. They should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, my Raiders do come to Jacksonville this year, so I'm going to go to that game. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Jacksonville with the first pick for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's, I can't disagree with you. They were number one on my uh, winner list as well. Um, I'm going to kind of irritate or go against your grain of uh, reach here, but I, I'm going to put the Cowboys in there as well. Oh. Um, it, it's yeah, it's it's going to be all based on you know the what if risk type hopefully hit reward but to get both uh elliot and and i i still think elliot was probably i probably would say he's the second best talent coming into this draft okay. uh, I, i'm not a big fan of taking the running backs that early like we discussed but if if you're gonna go best player available and follow that draft strategy i i think that they hit a home run there um and then i to get Jalen Smith in the second round again he's probably not going to play this year or if he does it'll be you know very late in the season um but two guys that could be you know the face of their franchise over the next you know five to ten years yeah all right I mean yeah that's that's a good pick I see I see what you're saying like you said if all things go as planned then they're definitely yeah and they, they drafted they drafted a decent uh I mean I Again, here we are with the quarterbacks, but they drafted a decent backup quarterback with the whole Tony Romo situation. So yeah, Zach Prescott, they, I think it was. Yeah, exactly. So they they should. I, I think they made out pretty well. But you can't fool me, Cowboys. I know you guys wanted Connor Cooks. I know. <laughs> I know we jumped you. I know you wanted him. But that's okay. That's okay. Makes you, you feel better when you. Yeah, do it does. It makes me feel a lot better when I feel like my team did it on purpose I, to I, screw I over another fan base. <laughs> I, I won't. Ru- I'll try not to ruin your mood when I say that I felt that way with Shea McClellan a couple of years ago, <laughs> hearing that New England wanted him and look where he's at. Oh, Actually, man. he's in New England now. <laughs> they got him either way. <laughs> yep. Man, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, one of the teams I liked was the Ravens. Um, I think they were winners also. Um, they got a bunch of good guys. Um, first round, second round, they, they knocked out of the park to me. Um, the one guy that I feel like is. The, the, the thing that pushed it over the top for me to make them winners was the running back, Dixon. Um, yeah. The Ravens need a running back in the worst way. I mean, you know, Buck Allen and some of those guys, are, they're decent. But um, Dixon, I feel like Dixon could be, I don't want to say special, but I feel like he could definitely be their lead back. Um, and so to get that guy later in the draft like that, um, I, I think that's a win for them. And so um, with the, with their first couple round picks plus that, you know, the Ravens always seem to do things right when it comes to the draft. So um, that's why they constantly, you know, have young, talented guys and, and constantly compete well. Um, so I'm going to go with the Ravens uh, as another winner. And I, and, and I want to say it won't be crazy to me to think Dixon will be their starting running back when the season starts. That's, that's you know, how highly I think of him. So I think he's going to do well. And I think wow. the, the Ravens are winners. Yeah. No, I mean, I like that pick. I, I don't know if he'll be there starter come week one come on but, man uh, be a believer I, I do i do think he's gonna be their starter by the end pass of the on year. elliot in the first round get dixon in the 10th <laughs> and you'll be fine man these are the things that yeah. win fancy leagues no you're you're absolutely right you're absolutely <laughs> right i 
I'm I'm all about wide receivers the first few rounds right yep. now. So, um, I I hate saying this, and I I know I kind of made it seem like I wasn't as excited as as I'm about to right now, but I gotta say that my Chicago Bears. Oh, he did are a winner in this draft. Yeah, I took the homer. I did. I homer did. alert. <laughs> um, go ahead and spin this thing. Go ahead. So it, it's all going to depend on how Floyd turns out, but if he can be Vic Fangio's Alden Smith, uh, that's going to be huge for Chicago. That's what they've been missing is a pass rush specialist. They got McPhee, and they can use him. And then uh, so they got McPhee and Floyd on the outside, and then yeah, Houston. Got, yeah, exactly. You got you got uh, your <laughs> Lamar Houston. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you got two inside linebackers now that are just unbelievably better than what they had before in uh, Jarrell Freeman and Trevathan. Uh, I, I I love the pick if it pans out. And I know, you know, on the Fantasy Life app, uh, Sid Skeet's going to be laughing at me because I was busting his balls the whole time that it was a horrible selection. But um and then uh, the next, uh, let's see, in the second round, they got an offensive guard that's going to give them depth that they definitely need. I actually, I was talking to someone, and I think they might uh, use Slauson, their left guard, as their center, and then move this guy into the starting lineup and okay. and, and use Grasso as a backup center just because he didn't really pan out that well. I mean, we're all going to see what happens in the offseason. You know, players are going to work in – Earn their positions, but uh, ZM Ryan Pace, his whole thing was competition this year. So right. I, I think bringing in a guy who's going to put some competition and make that line better is going to be uh, to get that guy in the second round was a good selection. Uh, they got a good defensive tackle in the third round, uh, and then like I, we talked about earlier, uh, Braverman in the in the seventh round could be that slot guy, and then. Although it wasn't in the draft, it happened like almost immediately after uh, signing Brian Hoyer as their backup quarterback. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think they made out pretty well, and I'm excited to see where they go this year. Yeah, I think Hoyer was good for them, man. I mean, I'm not a big Cutler fan. I'm not, you know, I know you guys have faith in Cutler, but I'm just not a fan of the guy. And you know, Hoyer, you know, he's a he's a hard worker. You know what I mean? And we've seen him succeed in the league. So if, if any reason Cutler goes down, I don't think I don't think he'll take Cutler's job or nothing. But um, no, you know, if anything happens to Cutler, which has happened in the past, you know, exactly. Hoyer's not a bad option, obviously. Right, right. So that was a good one. Hoyer must have been waiting to the draft was over or something, right? I mean, to see who signed a quarterback yeah. or something. It was like it happened like immediately. It was like it was. Yeah, I got the a message and I was like. I thought it was a draft pick at first. I, was like, I thought the draft was over, and then all of a sudden, yeah, they signed him. So, hey, I'm, I honestly think he wasn't as bad. I mean, I know he had a horrible playoff game last year. Yeah. But uh, you can't – the whole rest of the year, I mean, he wasn't as bad as people made it. And in fact, in my opinion, his stats were just as good as Osweiler's, who's now taking over his job. So. Yeah, whatever. I'm not even going to talk about Osweiler. Get out of here with that. <laughs> ridiculous stuff so that's okay so he did the homer spin so it it works i'm I'm gonna let it slide just because of braverman and um (laughs) my last pick will be the uh for the winner i'm just gonna go three i I liked how the bucks drafted um you know i guess i have really i have two florida teams on here i guess wait Um, you you like how the bucks draft yeah i kind of liked it man you like that second pick yeah i mean wait wait who we talking about here 
Right? Didn't they take the kicker in the second round? Was that the second round? I don't think, was it the second round? It was the second round. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Was it the second round? Listen, I'm pretty man, sure it was the second round. If that was round. the second round, I don't know if it was. Was it the second round, really? I, I'm pretty sure it was the second round. I thought round, it was the fourth yeah. round for some reason. But if it no, was the second I, round. I think they moved up. If it was the second round, guess what? I like their their I like their thought process. Okay, their tenacity. Their <laughs> yeah, tenacity. man, I like their go getter yes. attitude, man. <laughs> Being a Raider hey. fan, we drafted Janikowski in the first round, so you know. Well, I was I was gonna say, look at uh, uh, New England's kicker. They took him in the first, yeah, right? Man. Gostkowski. I mean, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. But... Yeah, yeah, I think it's Gostkowski. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know what? I knew they drafted the kicker in the second round, and I loved it. So All that's right. exactly why I got them as my winners. <laughs> Own it. <laughs> yeah, man. Own that pick. <laughs> so, okay. That's it. That's it for me. I, I, that right there told me I'm done with my winners. Um, and I'm not going to spin my Raiders, even though you all know I think the Raiders won the draft. But that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. When we are trading, I, when we trade Connor Cooks for a first-round pick, don't come hating on me, man. Hey, I, I think the Raiders have a really good chance this year. So, I'm, I'm all up on the, the, the Brandon Carr uh, – uh, hype train, and I, I think that whole team with you know you got two great wide receivers. Uh, good, your offense is awesome. I love Khalil Mack. I mean, it's I'm honestly surprised they didn't make it last year. So yeah, man, I feel good about them. You know, I feel like though AFC AFC West is wide open, so I feel good about it. Um, I'll I'm, let you start off. Well, who, give me give me a loser team, and don't say the Raiders. I won't say the Raiders, okay. but real quick, I'll I'll say it's I'm I'm happy that I stole your seventh round wide receiver since you took the wide receiver I wanted in the first round last year. <laughs> we got stuck with Kevin White, so man. But you, you just really quick before we go to the losers, how do you think Kevin White's gonna do this year? Uh, well, seeing that I traded Doug Martin for him in a keeper league, oh, so I am all in on him. the Kevin White. Yes, I'm all in on him. You're all in on Kevin White. Haven't seen him take a snap, and I am all in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't complain, man. I, I, I'm I'm rolling with you, man. I mean, <laughs> if, if you didn't have him in a keeper league, where would you feel good drafting him? What round? Uh, in a 12-team league. Let's say 12-team. 12-team. I mean, I'd probably middle to like end late middle uh i i would right now i'm projecting him to be a wide receiver three okay flex type position i mean i don't see him being you know wide receiver one wide receiver two type numbers um unless elshon goes down i mean which we've seen so right uh, there's definitely a chance man he's fast he's got talent so yeah, and, and my penalty on my keeper league is only 11th round, so that's kind of the reason why I went that route. Oh, yeah. And it's a 16-team team, and I already have Adrian Peterson as my running back, so that makes it I easier. wasn't keeping Doug Martin anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so give me a loser. So, losers... Um... See, I was going to say the Bucks, but... <laughs> <laughs> Go Bucks, man. Go. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, it's okay for us to disagree, man. We, if you think a kicker is worthless, that's okay, man. I, I don't think they're worthless. I just don't see why you trade up to get a kicker when you could get him probably in the fourth round. I've heard he's the most accurate collegiate kicker, but then I've also seen conflicting things where I saw, and, and I don't know anything about him. I, I swear, honestly, I didn't do any research on him. I probably should have. <laughs> Uh, but I saw someone posted he was 22 of or 14 of 22 last year. I don't know if that was accurate. Um, Let's just let bygones be bygones, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, I, I just 
I don't know. I, I do like that they, they traded back and still ended up with Hargraves. I mean, that's that's definitely a, a good thing for them. They were planning on taking him anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, so, um, in fact, they, they traded with my with Chicago. So, uh, I don't remember what they got you're for it. They the got a f- as a loser. Fourth hate, round. You know, yeah, yeah. Their they're, aggressiveness. They're that's okay, man. Yeah, I, I got him as a loser. <laughs> All right, let me see. Okay, um, I'll start with an easy one. We kind of already mentioned them, the Eagles. Um, and, and, and I say this just because of what they gave up. Um, I don't think the quarterback was worth it. But, um, I, I again, I'm not hating on what they're doing. I understand you need a quarterback, and they're doing everything at all means to get one. Um, I just think that maybe it was a desperation move, and I don't care for the quarterback in that sense, and I don't think he's special maybe. Um, so, you know, that's why I'm going to put them as a loser. I feel like they gave up way too much um, for that player. Um, the rest of the draft was okay, but I can't get past, you know, mortgage in the future for that guy. So um, I'm going to give them my first loser spot. I, like we discussed earlier, I wouldn't disagree with it and kind of puts me right there with I would do the same thing with L.A. Um, I, I They gave up even more than what Philadelphia did. Uh, and don't get me uh, wrong, I'd love for Rams or Eagle fans um, to, you know, to, to give us reasons why they liked what they did, you know. Um, yeah. So hit us up on Twitter, email us, um, go to cloudadders.com, anywhere um, that you want. Um, I'd love to hear your side of how you feel about it, um, if you agree with it. Um, because if you hear. don't agree with it, I know why. <laughs> you don't agree with it for the same reasons I don't. But if you agree with it, I'd love to hear um, that side of it. Um, to, you know, because, again, I'm not saying, you know, I'm all right here. I just want to hear um, the other side because it is interesting, you know, for a fan, for a team that is desperate for a quarterback – um, to hear their story, but you know, for them, it even bothers me more because of Sam Bradford and everything. So I'd like to hear, you know, your, the Eagle fan side of the story. So, um, you know, definitely hit me up on any of those, uh, social medias or on the site. Um, cause I'd love to hear, you know, your side of the story and see what, see what you guys feel about it. My, my brother-in-law, and I know he's going to be listening to this, uh, is a huge Eagles fan. So go ahead and weigh in. I want to hear his opinion. <laughs> yeah, man. Tell me, send us an email or something. You know, <laughs> if, I, if I get any good emails, man, at any point or any good tweets or anything, I'm going to read them on the air. So, um, you know, send us an email at clockdodgers at Gmail or, um, you know, hit us up on Twitter or anywhere. And, uh, you know, let us let us know how you feel as an Eagle fan um, when you are agreeing with this deal. I'd like to hear, hear all that. So. So you so did you put the Rams as a loser then, or you were just kind of? I did. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I, cool. Yeah, they belong there too. So Rams fans, same thing goes for you guys. <laughs> so give us your side of the story. Um, the one of my other losers, and I don't know. I just feel like they didn't make an impact to 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 garner them a winner, or even you know they just kind of played it safe. Maybe right. I, I just didn't see the impact, and that's the Jets. Um, I just. I don't know. I mean, I don't see any names that stand out, any names that I feel like, wow, they really, you know, knocked it out of the park on that one or, or anything like that. So the Jets, just for being kind of stagnant and safe and, um, you know, not doing anything, you know, big or anything really worth it to me, I'm going to put them as a loser. Um, again, maybe some of the guys, you know, work out, but I just feel like there was nothing um, earth shattering, nothing, you know, nothing, nothing game changer um, from their draft, nothing major impact player. Yeah, you you actually stole my other one. Um, That's what and, I do here, man. That's what I do. Yeah, <laughs> Amari Cooper first, and Jets next. I'm gonna keep stealing stuff because you took Braverman. I, I'm never gonna let it go. 
that hey i i honestly i hope it works out and he becomes better than amari Cooper. oh man <laughs> i will flip um you know i i don't understand like the again with the quarterbacks i mean I, and where they took hargraves i mean that's not an awful or not hargraves oh god um <laughs> crap what was the quarterback that they picked for who the jets uh, or yeah, it was fourth round. I know you're talking about. Uh, started with a W, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. On top. Everybody was talking about him. I know who you're, I know. I know who you're talking about. It's just a name slipping me right now. Yeah, I'm blanking on the name, but I, I, again, I don't think he's gonna do anything. Um, I, he's I no say Connor Cooks, the, man. He's no Connor. Yeah, I want to say it's gonna start. He's, his name starts with an H, but oh, yeah, maybe it uh, is an H. And that's why I said Hargraves, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just don't think he's going to be, I don't know what they're going to do there at quarterback. If they can't sign Fitzgerald, I mean, what's going on with that? What do you, what do you, what do you think the, you know, the standoff is about? Obviously, you know, he's better than any quarterback they've had on the team lately. They're better. He's better than any option they currently have. There's no other option available, you know, free agency wise. They didn't do well in the draft with the quarterback. So what, what is the deal, man? Like, do they have to, are they going to have to give in at some point here? Are they going to continue to play hardball? no, I think they're going to have to. Either that no or he's just going to walk away. I mean, it's one or the other. I, the $4 million rumor, I hope to God, isn't true because what quarterback is making $4 million unless you're like a rookie at the end of your contract? Uh, and he's got, you know, the wide receiver Brandon Marshall's endorsing him. Like, he wants him back. Like, I mean, I don't know what else yeah, they, they have to do they, to re sign this guy. Marshall, Decker, they brought in Forte. I mean, they have they have a decent core there and they need someone who can at least facilitate the football. And I, that is not Geno Smith. Not a chance. So I don't know. They're going to have to cave. Yeah. They're going to have to. So, um, losers guys, man, they, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't do nothing impactful enough for me, for my taste, but maybe, maybe Jeff fans feel otherwise, but I just felt nothing, nothing splashy enough, nothing, you know, nothing immediate impact that's going to change anything really, you know, position, you know, just got really strong. So, um, they're definitely a loser on my list. Is there any other losers you would say, um, that you feel real strongly about or not anyone that really stood out? Yeah. I mean, the Browns used a lot of picks. I don't know. They, oh wait, yeah, they drafted four receivers. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't crazy about their draft either. I don't know, I, I, and I don't know if it's just like this, this you know, doom and gloom that everyone's put over the Browns for me or what. I don't know what it is, but like, I didn't, you know, I didn't dig anything they really did. I didn't see a direction. I mean, like you said, a ton of wide receivers. Like, I don't. I, again, my my main thing is I endorse Hugh Jackson. I like the guy. Um, I think he was helping turn around the Raiders when he was there, you know, for that short period of time. Um, he kind of got the short end of the stick, you know, and, and being forced to leave after Al died. But um, I, I believe in him as a head coach. I believe in him as a coordinator and as an offensive guy. Um, so, you know, the only the only thing I can say to Brown fans is kind of just, you know, put faith in him and, and hope that he does them right. Um, but, you know, from the outside looking in, I don't really – I'm not seeing the direction yet. But, again, it's really soon. But – um, you know, after the draft, I wasn't super confident with what they had done. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I feel like that way with a few other teams. I just don't know if I want to consider them losers. losers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a bold statement we're putting on guys, right, man? We're just it we're is, being, we're being it bullies is. over here. And yeah, well, calling that, guys that, losers. That's our job. One day we'll get paid <laughs> for it. Calling guys losers, like who do these guys think they are? That's okay. <laughs> that's okay, guys. We're just speculating. Um, so yeah, so we're not going to call anybody else a loser. So let's jump over to the, what I call world famous game of foul or no foul. I like to think that it is. 
Um, and no, I kinda, I've been looking forward to it. I know, honestly, before you jump in, I thought you were gonna do the Ezekiel Elliott uh midriff shirt oh yeah as a follower no i thought that was gonna be a follower no foul question there's no foul or no foul because i wouldn't <laughs> even let you answer anything else but foul because <laughs> that thing was terrible man I, I i when i seen it i thought like it was like an internet joke or something like i thought somebody like photoshopped it i was like there's oh, no yeah. way this guy really did this and then i i, I had to look it up because I, I didn't believe it and i'm like what is this guy doing man like I just didn't understand. I think it was a bad entrance into the league. Yeah, I don't know. No, Can you imagine the locker room when he gets in the locker room? The guys are going to be cracking on that dude, man. <laughs> I heard that. Or, or they're going to be like, hey, man, you just changed the fashion game. We loved what you did. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cowboys. Well, yeah, they might I like that not. stuff. I hope not. I, I did hear that someone used a um, the crying Michael Jordan, and <laughs> they they photoshopped that in to where his abs were. Oh, wow. If, if anything deserved it, it was that. <laughs> Man, yeah, so I, I, I haven't seen it. I'm not exactly the fashion guru myself, but man, that uh, was that was no good. That so, was awful. So okay, let's let's jump into foul or no foul. Are are you ready for this? Are you you good I, to go? I'm I'm ready. I'm not prepared, but I'm ready. Okay, good. Let's jump in. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So first, I, I so you know ahead of time, I threw some bear questions in here. See where you you know, I wanted to get you kind of riled up, so we'll see where, where that is. Um, and then, you know, I mix it up a little bit after that. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see where we go. But I'm going to start with the Bears question. Um, so the first statement for foul or no foul is the Bears will make the playoffs. Foul or no foul? Wow. Well, hmm. I'm, trying to get you on, not... I'm trying to get you on the record here. Yeah, I try not to be one of those fans who's just like, oh, my team's going to make it every year. Um, I'm getting you right now at the most positive moment, right? I mean, fresh off yeah, the draft, you right signed free agents. You should be as optimistic winners. as possible. I, I'm going to I'm gonna say no foul. They are going to make the playoffs. Okay. That's what I like to hear. See, another Bears fan that you actually know um, told me that Bears fans are typically pessimistic. So. Um. They are. I honestly, <laughs> I think that majority of the fans here, at least the ones that I know here in Chicago, are probably now the biggest uh, Brian Hoyer fans because we like to cheer for our backup quarterbacks more than we do our <laughs> our starters. Well, well, see, that's good because that quarterback position kind of leads me into the second foul or no foul. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, right. So here goes the second one. Um, Jay Cutler can lead the bears to the super bowl and win it all foul or no foul it doesn't have to be necessarily this year but just if you guys get everything right that jay color is capable of doing it just in general yes um i'm going to say no foul i i'm not a big big jay cutler supporter but i'm also not a jay cutler hater okay Um, that's fair i i think he i think the national media hypes up a lot of the he has no leadership he's got an attitude um and he doesn't do a good job of turning it around right but i think it's overhyped and i know that just from hearing other players that played with him um and and listening to the what they say about him and the things that he does in the locker room or uh off the field um i i definitely think that he is not going to be the reason that they make the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, but he is as good as a Jake Del Home and can get you know get them there. Uh, maybe not win it, but 
I, well, no, you did ask when, didn't you? That was part of it. So yeah, I guess, it well, e- either way, he's, he's <laughs> going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to say foul because I don't think he can do it. And a little caveat to add to this, um, when you guys decide that I'm right and you give up on Jay Cutler, I will we'll happily, take- I'll happily let you guys talk to the Raiders about trading for Connor Cook. Um, right. Might cost you two first rounds at that point because I'll be tired of this Cutler talk. But um, or maybe you could do a first round in Braverman. You know, maybe we could do something like that. Hey, well, yeah, you yeah, know, we we'll work, we'll work something out. But Cutler's not your guy, man. I'm telling He's you, he's a Big Ten guy too, right? Cook, yeah, Michigan yeah, State. So, so yeah. I mean. They should know enough about him. It's right here in our hometown, <laughs> yep. backyard. Yep. He should be good to go, man. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that off the air so that we don't get in, in trouble. <laughs> but we'll, we'll work a deal out. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I like it. Now, number three, I'm going um, totally off sports here. Um, there's actually a new article um, written on com by our resident nerd, Tony, um, a.k.a. Mr. Me Seeks, if you know him from that, from the app. Um, but... Um, he wrote an article about the Captain America movie, Civil War, um, kind of wrote a preview for it because um, it's about to come out. Um, but in the preview, he says that somebody is going to die. Um, a major character is going to die. That's his opinion. Um, I guess I guess he's kind of leaning that off the comics and stuff maybe. Um, but sure. So he says somebody is going to die. So my statement to you is um, in this upcoming movie, Iron Man or Captain America will die, foul or no foul. No foul. No foul? One of them is going to die. Oh man! Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time coming to grips with that. Like, I don't I, know what it I, is. I just don't. I, I'm I, not gonna spoil or say anything, but I'm pretty sure I, I I'm pretty confident I know who this is gonna be. Um, and I have no inside track information on you know talking to anyone from Marvel or <laughs> <laughs> anyone like that or any of the actors involved, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to happen because they're they're taking the the movie into a, a little bit of a different direction with different characters and I think that some of these people feel like they're they've worn out their welcome as far as uh the actors go and they want to be done with it. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I understand, you know. I see it happening. Yeah, I mean, as I've spoken to, you know, to Tony and other people on the podcast, I'm a big fan of um shows and movies and whatnot making no character safe. Um, you know, knocking a character off to let us know, you know, anything could happen. So, um, I like the idea of it. I just feel like, man, that's gonna be kind of dramatic, isn't it, for like kids and stuff? I don't know. I, you know, to see their hero die, their childhood hero die. You know, we'll see. I guess, but I just find it hard to believe. I don't know. But I, I but I understand your logic though that it, you know it kind of has to happen for them to move, um, in so the I, other direction. I guess if going back to you, then if they don't die, how do you think they'll take it? Like one will just quit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does one have to go? That's, I don't, I don't know if they, you know, I guess the old, you know, the old Disney way would be like everybody would just get along and it'd be over. Um, and I, I don't can know. See minor, I can see minor lately? characters dying and stuff, but I just feel like those two guys are like, I don't know, sort of like yeah. icons or something. You all are, all of our kids dress up like them for Halloween and stuff. So I just, right, right. I don't know. My it just son seems was weird, Captain but, America. And yeah, my other yeah. son was Iron Man. <laughs> you guys have helped me come to grips with it though, man. I mean, I mean, but, but imagine going there with your son, Iron Man dies. Like you're going to be like, Oh well, you know they're trying to go in a different direction. <laughs> like your kids are like, what? Your kid ain't gonna yeah, hear none true. of that, man. So, <laughs> so you know, it's it's a. Well, I wanted to see where you went with it, but you said you got a, you know, not an inside track, but a good gut feeling on it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, take I'll, your I'll, word I'll, for it, and I'll take his word for it because I don't know, you know, for sure. But 
And if it happens, I'm going to leave that conversation to my wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's worse than the birds and the bees. This is different. This is, how do I explain that Iron Man died, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, the, the last one I want to go to, um, this is more of like a serious issue. It's kind of political. Um, Uh-oh. I, I, you can't really be right or wrong, I guess. I just wanted to kind of, you know, I like to get a little uh, serious here sometimes and kind of, um, you know, tread into those waters that maybe other people don't feel comfortable doing. So um, we'll see if you want to answer it or not. I don't see why not, but let's just go into it. Um, so I don't know if you've seen, but in the media just recently, kind of, kind of been the the topic of discussion sort of um, for the Texas senator and presidential hopeful Ted Cruz and um, transgenders. I don't know if you're familiar with the situation at all, but basically he's saying oh that, with the bathrooms yeah yeah so he's saying yeah, that yeah. they can't use whatever bathroom they want um and he of course gives his reasons as you know there could be predators stuff like that and obviously you know people in the community like caitlin jenner and stuff that are speaking out saying it's ridiculous and whatnot i was just kind of wanted to throw one at you and see what you felt about it so um because it was kind of hot topic right now um sure. so um i guess the statement would be um you know, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it then. Um, okay, we'll go with this one. Transgenders should be able to choose whatever bathroom they want, foul or no foul. Again, I'm going to, man, I'm going no foul on everything today. I'm going no foul. <laughs> um, I, I, I think if you associate yourself as a woman, you use the woman's bathroom, you associate yourself as a man, use the man's bathroom. You know, inside the bathroom, there are stalls. I mean, it's not like, you know, you're, showing your goods to everybody right um and and i know parents and other people are gonna say hey you know i shouldn't have to explain that to my child well you know what these people are people too and Mm. and it's a part of our world it's part of the world we live in and you should be teaching your children that there's people out there like this and they exist and there's nothing wrong with them right so I see. So so I, I agree with you. Um, obviously, you know, like you said, it, it is sort of, um, I guess, the progression of our, you know, our our country, our society. Um, there's always been something like this, you know, um, whether it was race, whether it was, um, you know, sexuality preference, whether now it's gender preference. Um, there's always this talk that seems to come around um, as people become more and more comfortable or, you know, free and being who they are or what they feel they are. Um, so I I don't know you know what the options are otherwise you know i don't know if you make a a transgender bathroom sounds ridiculous um you know so i I understand his concern (laughs) i want to see what that what that symbol looks like yeah what would you put on there like a dress on a man or a man (laughs) with long curly hair i don't know you know what avenue you go but it definitely seems like a topic that's obviously here to stay um obviously has to be discussed um and you know especially like you said for kids uh for people who aren't as open there's gonna be a lot of you know explaining to do or a lot of understanding that has to be done um but that's the way that we need to move you know we need to always you know constantly be forward thinking and kind of open um to anything because as we see now you know nothing is certain it's just kind of you know life throws a different curveball every day right so yeah um i just wanted to kind of see where you're at with that i thought it was an interesting um you know interesting thing that's kind of going on right now and playing itself out in the media and stuff and um i know other people probably feel other ways so again um with all the foul or no fouls whether you think um rob's crazy here about jay cutler whether <laughs> you think iron man is dead and gonna die on this movie and you and you know a good way to explain it to our kids um 
a- anything. <laughs> if you have a feeling on the transgender bathroom and how the logo should look or whatever you want to talk about here, um, as always, clockdodgers at gmail.com. You know, send an email. Um, hit us up on Twitter at clockdodgers. Instagram, same thing. Um, or just, you know, hit up the website, clockdodgers.com. Leave a comment somewhere in, under the, the podcast. And, um, you know, get, I want to kind of get the conversation generated. So, you know, let us know how you feel about these topics. If you think um, his answers were crazy and ridiculous or you agree with them, um, let us know. Um, so that's pretty much all I had lined up for today. Uh, it was, it was a great talk. You know, I appreciate you of course for coming on. Is there anything, um, going out here that, you, you know, the floor is kind of yours. Is there anything you want to say? Shout outs or any message you want to get across or anything, or I'm kind of, kind of plug yourself too a little bit. I know you got, you know, you're ready for fantasy pros and stuff. So kind of let people know where they can find you. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, it's not shy Ruxin, shy Ruxin, as many people might assume. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my Twitter handle is actually uh, shy sports nut twenty five, um, and and like you said, um, all of my fantasy pros writings will be linked to that Twitter account, so uh, you can basically look it up through there. Um, if you are looking for a website that has awesome mock drafts, um, I do highly recommend the Fantasy Pros website because it's a simulator. It's not one that you have to wait for you know, 20 people to go through or 12 people to go through, depending on you know how many people are in it. And, uh, you know, you always have those people that leave and then it goes to auto draft and it takes a while to get to the auto draft. Um, it's all based on expert rankings, um, and average draft position. Um, so definitely check that out. And that is free. You don't have to pay for that. It's not part of their subscription. Um, if you do want to, you know, get a leg up, definitely look at their paid subscription. I, use it it's um it's it's helping me right now with our our my fantasy baseball that i've never done before this is my first time ever doing it yeah fantasy baseball is tough yeah um you know some of the one of the guys on the fantasy life app um beat a poo uh, it gives me a hard time because I'm like the daily fantasy guy. And he's like, this is a yearly thing. You, you, it's not the same. Um, but at the same time, it is daily. I mean, I, I can't choose my players all the time, but I have to check that thing constantly. Yep. Um, move starters up and down, uh, pitchers in and out. I mean, if you're going to stream, I mean, it's, it's, it's a daily work. This is daily. It's, a, it's similar to kind of like so basketball is kind of like that too. In the leagues, you got to kind of like, adjust stuff like, yeah all the time right. and i kind of sat that baseball out this year because it's just so much to you know to deal with on a daily basis i know people would get pissed off with me not updating my lineup and stuff so um but yeah fantasy pros definitely has a lot of good um and you know a lot of good stuff on there for sure yeah and and if you are on the fantasy life app which i highly recommend if you're listening and you're not on there uh you know you can reach out to me at at shy ruxton um, and, and I'm going to also give a, a quick plug to you and your sponsor. Uh, definitely get on that no halftime app, man. That, that thing's a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun with the league you guys created. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting involved with it a little bit more once my house is actually on the market. So. <laughs> you might come on there with stacks of cash, man. Honestly, yeah. like all these football seasons and come around. We're going to see all these $100 you know, challenges with Jay Cutler. And I'm like, what is going on all of a sudden with Jay Cutler, man? Yep. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I I love it too, man. I appreciate you bringing it up because the other day I just won, I think it was $25 or something. It doesn't seem like a lot to people, but it's fun. You know, these little challenges, you know, inside the, the, the player versus player aspect. I try to explain to people, you know, on the podcast and it's kind of hard without um, physically being in front of them or whatever, but the player versus player aspect is so fun. And, um, you know, we had Bruce on last week uh, from No Halftime. And I, you know, I explained to him, I, I, I love the other, you know, the other DFS stuff and everything, but this 
is is literally something so different from them um, that I've been you know addicted to it. So I've been playing it nonstop. And um, even if you play the challenges for no money, it's still fun. You know, just the player versus player aspect of it. So um, I appreciate you bringing it up. Like you said, the league's been a lot of fun and you know getting guys involved. But um, yeah, it's definitely you know definitely a, a fun thing to get a, you know to get a hold of. Yeah. Well, definitely, man. Again, um, you know, we've been kind of planning this one in the works for a while, you know, for you to come on. So, um, again, I appreciate you coming on. Everybody, you know, follow him on Twitter, um, the FL app, follow him on there and, and hit him up. And, of course, always check for his Fantasy Pros um, update, you know, especially during the football season. I know you're really heavy in it. Um, you were kind of following the draft and stuff there, too, during the NFL draft. So um, it's always um, a lot of good information that you drop. Um, and sometimes, even though it's small little bits, it's always, you know, knowledge packed with stuff. So um, definitely check them out on there. And, um, you know, more maybe more caughtdodgers.com in the future from, uh, That's from right. him. So yeah. um, the, 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 the first article you put on there was the, the Daily Fantasy Sports article, which was great. So, um, you know, we appreciate you for that as well. And, um, yeah. if you know, I'm sure, you know, you'll come on again. Maybe when fantasy season gets closer, you know, we'll have a little more sure. to talk about. We'll see how the Bears are doing, kind of get some bear updates, <laughs> <laughs> how my boy Braverman is doing. Um, but, um, yeah, man, again, it was a privilege to have you on. I really appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. Thank you, man. Talk to you later. All right, bye. And sell that house. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> later. All right, cool. That was a great conversation. I don't know if you guys could tell during the episode or if you could even tell now. However, I'm a little bit under the weather. My nose is a little stuffy, so I'm just going to get try to get through this um, You know, at a decent speed here. Um, I do want to thank Rob again for coming on to the podcast. Uh, we've been kind of working on that for a while, so I was happy that we actually got to get, you know, to get into that. Um, Rob, you can always check him out on um, Twitter at ShySportsNut25. He definitely is a, is a Chicago sports fan um, through and through, um, even to a fault. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, you can also check him out if you're on the Fantasy Life app. You can check him out at, at ShyRuxon. And, of course, like we mentioned, he, uh, he's a contributor to FantasyPros.com um, and look for his articles um, whenever they do come around on ClockDodgers.com as well. Um, he has currently a DFS uh, article to support Daily Fantasy Sports on there. Um, so check that out. He does a lot of good writing, so uh, you don't want to miss that stuff. Um, also, shout out for last week. It's my, my bad on this one, but uh, for the parking lot ethic foul or no foul question that I threw at Bruce, um, shout out to at the Benchwarm also from the fantasy life app he's actually the one that hit me up and suggested that one i thought it was a good you know a good uh, question to throw on there so um i i forgot you last week man i apologize but um again guys keep uh keep shooting those uh questions those topics um send them our way or, or even if you just have feedback for the show um if you uh feel a certain way about something we talked about maybe you don't agree with us or you, or you do agree that's fine as well um you know shoot it our way either email me at clockdodgers at gmail.com hit us up on twitter or instagram at clockdodgers or even just leave a comment on the website clockdodgers.com um you know you guys are the fuel to this fire so uh, i always he love hearing from you guys and i love you guys contributing um to the podcast and the website so um, thank you for that as well. Um, for the outro really quick here, I just wanted to get into um, Game of Thrones, the, the last episode that just happened yesterday, which was May 2nd. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. May 1st. May 1st. Um, it, so if, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't watch Game of Thrones, 
the outro is probably not for you. If you do watch Game of Thrones, but you haven't caught up to that episode yet, um, I highly advise you to, to turn this off now. Um, it will be a spoiler. Um, if you're just starting the show or if you're not caught up to the last episode, if you're halfway through, whatever it is, it's going to be a spoiler if you're not caught up to this episode. Um, so before I jump into this, I'm going to give you one more chance um, to either hit pause on your iPad, on your iPod, on your iPhone, whatever it is that you're listening to this on. Um, go in five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so Game of Thrones, guys, for all my Game of Thrones enthusiasts like me, Jon Snow is alive. We have the answer. He's back. He wasn't gone for too long. We only had to wait an entire off season of Game of Thrones to find this out at one episode, of course. Um, you know, it, it, we, we kind of all seen it coming. You know, uh, not many people doubted the fact that he was going to come back. So it wasn't a surprise, I wouldn't say. But he's such a fan favorite that we were waiting for this moment. So it was exciting um, to see him come back. Uh, what path, you know, they lead him in now, you know, it's anybody's guess. Uh, of course, I've had um, Tony on the show, um, who is also a uh, columnist on the uh, on for the Geeky Bugle. Um, you know, he mentioned that, you know, since he passed away and came back, his oath to the Night's Watch has expired, basically. And so he is free to leave there. So that's one option, of course. Um, you have an option of him staying, you know, and, and, and continuing his his uh, his oath. Uh, and there's so many other things happening. You know, they said Ramsey showed that he was going to go there and try to kill Jon Snow. You got Sansa Stark um, going to meet up with him to try to restart her, uh, you know, herself here. So there's so much going on. And man, um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I will not be upset in the slightest if, uh, you know, Jon takes the old head off of Ollie because um, I'm, I'm a little tired of that little sucker, man. Um, that little shit needs to get killed. <laughs> I don't care if he's a kid, man. He's got to go. Um, Ramsey, man, brutal, brutal scene with the dogs, right? Um, his his little brother, uh, the true Bolton name, because he wasn't a bastard like Ramsey, was born. And this dude sicks the dogs on him, man. He sicks the dogs on a newborn and the mom who just gave birth, bruh. Man, come on, that's crazy. That was that was so brutal, so, you know, uh, it it was it was intense, man. That was an intense scene, um, and, and it just shows us his character, man. This guy has killed his father two seconds before that, then kills his you know his newborn brother and the the mother. So he's a brutal cat, man. And I'm hoping that Sansa Stark. Um, I know a lot of people think maybe Jon Snow is gonna kill him when he goes to Castle Black, but I would love. Sansa Stark to get her revenge on him as, you know, that's that that would be the most fitting way um, for him to, to lose his life. Um, there's so much other stuff going on in the show right now. Um, the Lannisters are in the battle with these, uh, you know, the religious freaks. That's what I call them. Um, these guys are, you know, nutso about this, about that shit. So, um, you know, I, as crazy as it sounds, I want the Lannisters to win in that situation. I've hated the Lannisters this entire um, this entire show, every single season, I've hated them, and they finally have an enemy that I actually want them to beat. So as crazy as that sounds, that's what the writers have done. They've flipped me into a fan of the Lannisters for the current moment. So um, I'd like them to get those religious freaks out of there. Um, then you got uh, Daenerys, what we didn't see at all the last episode. <laughs> crazy moment. 
uh, with Tyrion and the dragons. That was nuts. Um, if you're a, a skeptic, uh, not even a skeptic, uh, if you you know look, if you look into spoilers at all, if you've uh, Excuse me. I told you guys I'm not feeling good. Um, if you if you've read into um, you know the books and and different uh, you know ways that people said this thing can play out, um, you know there may be a little more to Tyrion and the dragons there and how that scene unfolded. So um, definitely something to keep our eyes on. But of course I, I love what you know they're doing uh, in Marine there. Um, and so there's so much stuff going on, but of course the big story of the day is Jon Snow, um, being alive, coming back, and we're going to see, you know, how they continue to, um, carry his character through this show. And again, you know, he's that guy that's easy to root for, you know, we've been rooting for him since the beginning. He is, um, you know, he's the good guy. So, um, let's see what he does. Let's see, uh. Let's see how they play this thing out now that the books have ended and they're kind of writing it on their own here at this point. Um, you know, but it, it was exciting nonetheless, um, even though maybe it wasn't a surprise to many, even though many of us assumed it was going to happen. Um, it was it was definitely, you know, well played and um, left us, of course, hanging on to our seats now for next week since they brought him back to life at the very end of the episode. And so um, now we just can't wait to see. I don't know if anybody else gets this feeling with me. Um, uh I'm going to go on record and say it probably is the best show ever. Um, I'm going to continue to ask that question to guests that are, are fans of the show because um, I'm curious to see how people rank it. Um, but, man, as soon as the show ends, I'm left waiting for more. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already ready for next week as soon as the episode ends. Um, I think about it all week long. Call me a fanatic. You can call me, you know, whatever you want to call me at this point. But it's like, you know, I'm definitely um, 100% hooked into this show, um, and I don't know how you can't be, if, if you, if you've listened this far, you obviously are a fan of the show, you would have cut it off, I assume, when I said it was a spoiler, um, but, you know, this show is the greatest written show ever on TV, the actors kill it, everyone kills it, so, let's keep, you know, show's great, man, that's all I gotta say, it's fucking great, <laughs> I can't wait for next week. See you guys later, man. I gotta go take some cough drops or something later. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on Twitter.